Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Everybody, welcome back to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your host today, TJ Branson, Zach Vogel, and Mike Rogerson. Hey, hey, hey. Hey there. LA, LA, LA. So we're going to be talking LA today. And uh, what do you guys think about when you think of the Los Angeles Kings? What is this year for the Kings? A bright future, I think. Right. Just biding time. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I think kind of hopeful. You're not exactly playing for anything super important. You know what I mean? Yeah, no expectations. You don't have to worry about too much if you're Todd McClellan. Like, you're not going to lose your job. Give some of these young guys some time on ice. You know what I mean? They're going to get more time in your situation than they're going to get in other situations. Just let the kids play. I want to be able to see... A little more Blake, Blake Lizotte before I make a, a final call. I want to see what Cal Peterson has um, before I just say, okay, Jonathan Quick is totally freaking done. We have to move on to Cal Peterson because that's the hope. Because really, they have a great prospect pool, but at goalie, it's Cal Peterson and that's it. Yeah. Cal Peterson's like 26, 27 now, too. So it's shit or get off the pot time. Exactly. You got to start passing that torch. He's been fine so far. He's been fine. I think so too. He does need to take the next step if he's going to take over for for Quickie though. Yeah, and I think I think that this year is the year that you're going to really be able to decide is that the case? Is Cal Peterson our guy or is he not and do we need to do something else? I think it's kind of like a a UC Soros year. Like he he's not going to be the starter at the beginning, but I think if I mean just looking at the stats like you're saying guys like you look at the quality of starts or the fantasy points per game, you're going to get better per game stats out of Peterson than you are out of quick. And I think he is easily the goalie of the future. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get a 50, 50 split, especially with the condensed season and, and what that all implies. Cal Peterson's kind of, you know, with the, with the age that he's at, it's, it's time. Yeah, definitely. And it is kind of a lot like the sorrow situation where it's, he's going to have to play well because he's kind of unseating a legend, right? Like, Quick's been so great right. and, and that he's, he needs to earn the job, which I think is probably good for him. Peterson's only got 19 starts. But he's been so bad lately. Quick. He's been so oh, bad yeah. lately. Those groin injuries are hard to shake off. You can't walk it off. Going back to Peterson, man, 19 starts. He's 10-7-1. This is across two seasons here. He's got a 9-2-3, a 2.2 goal-saved average, 6-11 quality starts, and... I think it, it's it's time to transition. UC Soros is kind of like a perfect analogy there, man. I think it's got to be that kind of that kind of thing. Uh, Cal Peterson is in my top five just because I was kind of grasping at straws here. I didn't know who else to go for, but uh, what else you guys got in your top five? Well, Kopitar. Kopitar is still there. Yeah. 60, 62 points. Reasonable hits and block kind of forward. Um, he's probably going to have that stat line until he retires. He's just that kind of guy. But even after that, they barely had anyone break 40. Ayafalo yeah. had 43. Ayafalo, like? yeah. And after that, the next highest scores were at 35. 
Your third highest scorer has 35 points. Kopitar, to me, is like the perfect way to start off the second half of your draft if you're in a redraft league. Because he's so steady, like you're saying, especially if there's face-offs in there. Like, Kopitar's a lock for top power play, top line, maybe for the last year, considering their center depth and the direction they're headed. But he's pretty comfortable in, like, the 60 to 70 point range. Zach, I remember you and me going back. We always kind of likened uh, Anzi Kopitar to Claude Giroux. And mm-hmm. like even Craig Anderson now, well, like up they, and down and up and down, up and down, up and down. They have an up year. They have a down year. And at 33 years old, I don't know how much up years are left. And considering the, the center depth, I'll say that again, the lack of motivation to compete. I, that might be an unfair way to say it. Like we all kind of agreed that this year there's no expectations. So you're playing with house money. I mean, Kopitar is a really hard sell for me, but nonetheless, I think he's the top option in LA as much as I hate to say it I think you guys are kind of forgetting about Drew Doughty a little bit here he's yeah he's close and he's not far behind that's what I like he was <laughs> he was one of those guys that as you alluded to Mike uh he had 35 points last year but he's not a 35 point scorer you know what I mean he hasn't had a year like that since what 2013-14 it's the last time he has done that poorly but that's because you know he what I got? played 67 games last year. Uh, yeah. In the past five years, you know how many times he's played the full 82, Mike? Five. Five years running where he played all 82 games, and this year he only played 67. So you can't really totally hold it against him. He's generally always in the Norris hunt. He is making a lot of money, but I think he'll bounce back too. And he's only 30 years old, so he's going to be around for a little bit more while they're bringing up these young kids. Yeah, and he's, I mean, undisputed quarterback, right? There's no, no one going to take Absolutely. that away from him. So he's he's good. In, well, in, not well, not yet, at least. On the defensive note, just to finish that off, like Doughty is the only offensive defenseman. I mean, uh, they have they picked up Mata, who you know has never done much, sure. but defensively is pretty solid. But then all their other guys, like Sean Walker, Matt Roy, people like that, with they can bang, but they have no sign of of D scoring. So Doughty is. I think Doughty's a safe bet outside of outside of cap leagues, maybe. But with Doughty, the literally the only thing I have written is jack of all trades, master of none. Okay, Pims, good shots, good points, power play, but none of them are like great. Like they're all good, good blocks, good hits. You know, everything all around is good. Nothing is great. So Doughty's like a really kind of reliable defenseman, especially in cat leagues. I'm surprised when you say he's 30, but he's just, he's been so good for so long. He seems like he's really old, but he's, yeah, only 30. So guys, also in my top five, Gabe Velarde. Interesting. I'm putting him in my top five on the LA Kings. I got him under my depth. I got him as depth. Depth option. And I, and I think that he is going to, he's going to get all the chances in the world this year. Are you putting a sleeper stamp on this guy? Sure. Absolutely. I'll, I'll put whatever stamp you want to on Gabe Velarde. Who else are they going to give the time to? You yeah. know what I mean? In all honesty, who who else are they going to are they going to give all this to? In, in in the 10 games that he did play, he scored 7 points, threw Three in, of them some, in his he first, threw in some hits, he he threw in uh, like four or five blocks or something like that, and he did all that with like under 13 minutes time on ice. You know what I mean? Sco. Yeah. Sco. Give Velarde. Uh, I, I want to see what he can do, and, and I definitely think that he is worth a late round flyer. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. 
Is he a two two C? You think? I think he can be. Yeah, yeah. On the Kings, why the hell not? Who else are you going to put there? Like in all honesty, who else are you going to put there? Gabe Velarde might get some, you know, PP two time if he's like that second line center. He might. Somebody's going to have to take faceoffs on that second line power play unit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that could be Gabe Velarde. Well, for for a short term, I think because you still got Byfield. One other guy that I had on uh, in the depth was Kempe. Decent, youngish, cheap guy. Could get some time. He was in the top PP last year towards the end and, and starting to do all right. Yeah, him and uh, Martin Furk, who came back out of hiding because he blasted that like 110 slap shot in the AHL, man. People. Martin Furk from the Detroit Red Wings. He yeah, was worth a stream. He was worth a streamer two years ago. Just noticing on daily faceoff, he's the, he's the one guy on the team with the dark red, <laughs> the dark red. <laughs> um, in all honesty, I think they're. I don't think their depth is horrible. Like I really don't. Paul Grunstrom's really fun. Jeff Carter, a monster of shots, uh, try eligible from what I'm remembering. Grunstrom is a grinder. Should get some decent peripherals if you're in a deep enough league to be looking at the fourth line in L.A. L.A. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think Alex. I think Alex Turcott is an interesting piece. Um, I think we brought up Mike Amadio. I like. I like him. Armadillo. They've got a few guys that you can like. Again, obviously, only in cats, but they've got like Matt Roy, Mata, and Wagner can be good streams just for hits and blocks. Dustin Brown too. Yeah. He bangs. He does. And I think he's he's in the top six too. So. Let's get on to the fun shit about L.A., man. Let's talk about the prospects, because they got a fuck ton. Quentin Byfield, if we see him this year, like that's going to be super exciting. I, I wonder if he would take that 2C, because I, I think they're going to try and mold him around Anzi Kopitar. So that could be fun. Like I just want to see these kids play. Like Kaliev could be here, Sam Fagimo, Fajimo, however that one's pronounced. It. Like, it could be a really fun year if you give some of these kids, especially if there's no AHL season where... You know, if if they're staying in the O or if they're going overseas, whatever, just bring them in, let them play. Fuck it. Dude, they are so ridiculously deep down the center in their pros in their prospect pool. It's not even friggin' fair. Five years from now they're gonna have a top nine at all of centers. Do you think they'll hang on to that and see what happens over the next year or two, or maybe try to move a couple? Because they do, they have like Five or six really high touted centers, like ready to yeah. go. Oh yeah, yeah, like no, yeah, like no doubt about it. That if they would go to another team, they would automatically be the other team's top center prospect. I think there's going to be a lot of like smart dealings here because obviously, I mean they they locked into Quentin Byfield, so it's hard to screw that pick up. But with with all these riches that we're talking about here, you kind of want to see what you got before you ship them out. Because what's worst case scenario for LA? Like you have to shift some guys to the wing who can dual center, like Claude Giroux or something like that. Like it's not a bad problem to have. So I, I see what they're trying to do, but at a certain point, like Jared Anderson Dolan, you're getting so deep into their their center. Pool. I was I was just uh, gonna say something to about some. him. They need to move somebody eventually, but I think they're going to handpick which guys they want to keep and, you know, shop around the rest. And if they can get something worth what they want, what is the worst case scenario? Then you have Jared Anderson Dolan on your team. That's the worst case scenario. Long term, you don't want to end up with too many guys, you know, ending their ELCs at the right, the same time. So, I, But I mean, that's still a few years away, obviously. But you could be worse off than complaining about we have too many awesome young centers. It's definitely not the worst mm-hmm. problem. 
So here's one we haven't brought up yet. Leah Sanderson. I think he was traded at the draft for pretty cheap, got out of the New York system where I guess they didn't want him or need him or whatever you call it. He's coming into L.A. as another center prospect, so he'll probably get some wing time, I guess. But do you guys think Anderson's going to play it all this year? And if so, do you think he'll be worth it? I don't really know much about him, to be honest. Um, I'm just looking right as we speak here, just looking at, at Dauber, and he's got Anderson 10th as their center prospects and still ranked super high. <laughs> That's how deep yeah. they are. Just list them off while you're looking he's at He's got it. Byfield, Turcott, Velarde, Akil Thomas, Tyler Madden, Anderson Dolan, Rasmus Kupari, <laughs> Aiden Dudas, yeah. Anderson, Prokorkin. And you said, and you still have and you still haven't said Mike Amadio and Blake Lazat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so. and those are those are all good players that I would not ha- I would not have any problem having in the Flyers prospect organization, that's for sure. And you could play a lot with handedness too. Because I know that's what Giroux and uh Couturier do. Like if it's on one of their strong sides, one of those guys will go in and take the face off, depending on which side it is. Looking at this defensive pool though, they might have to move some of these centers back to play D <laughs> Or they can yeah, just, it's like Kale or Clay. they can just use some to, you know, trade for young defensemen. But like we're True. Kale Clegg, he's not bad. Tobias Bjornfoot I like a lot, and then it pretty much drops off. But yep, yeah, they're so heavy on the forward lines, and I do think that Cal Peterson has a chance of making it. I think that they can they can find oh, and Matt Roy can't forget about him. Yeah, banger. We skimmed over Jonathan Quick so much. Like, what do you guys what What do you think he'll be this year? I think he's going to be mediocre at best, and I think he's going to get less starts than he was before. Yeah, I think you're like you're right. Before it's going to be getting closer to fifty fifty, and and Peterson's numbers. If you look at the last couple of years, he's crushing quick in in terms of yeah, rates and well. percentages. So I think it'll be probably about fifty fifty, and then you know transition from there if Peterson keeps keeps it up. I wouldn't want to touch either of them in a league that counts wins or goals against or any stats at all. Yeah, I don't think a sprint. Our condensed season really fits Jonathan Quick's style. Maybe it just means you'll have a groin injury earlier. And then it's the Peterson show. Who do they, who else do they have in their goalie system? Zach, if you have cap friendly. Lucas Perrick. Oof. Matthew Vellalta. Yuho Markinen. And that's pretty much all I'm saying here on on Dauber. I don't blame him either. I mean, he could have just left it at Cal Peterson because that's pretty much it. I guess... Nashville traded Troy Grosnick, or somehow L.A. came by Troy Grosnick. He's 31, but as a guy that was like tit for tat what Connor Ingram was doing too, so Troy Grosnick's kind of like a a fallback here. I think uh, we just knocked L.A. out of the park, man. This was a short one, wasn't it? I think that was fine. Give it four years. Give it four years, and L.A. will have a long episode. There will be a lot more to talk about, yeah. Uh, okay, so th- we're going to call it on that. Uh, that's L.A. Tomorrow we got Anaheim coming at you. Anaheim Ducks. <laughs> that's that. If you guys want to find us, we're on Twitter at FHF Hockey. You guys can join the Fantasy Hockey Discord. I hope you're enjoying it. If you liked it, subscribe. If you're loving it, leave us a review. Always helps. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow, guys. So until then, we love you. Love you. Love you.